You're listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and welcome back to Talk About It, the official podcast series of Phenomenology Club. All of these episodes are broadcasted live to our Patreon audience. If you would like to be a member, you can sign up at patreon.com slash phenomenologyclub for only $1. Otherwise, you can hear them one week after the initial broadcast on our Spotify or YouTube pages. Enjoy! Enjoy! Hello, motherfuckers. Welcome back to another episode of Talk About It, the official podcast series of Phenomenology Club. I am Buttress, your sometimes wise, sometimes benevolent host, hailing to you from the forests of New Jerusalem. How's everybody doing? This is our second topics-based discussion. Um, last week's was Civilization. That episode is now live on Spotify and on YouTube for those of you who aren't members, which if you're not a member, you can't hear this right now in the present, maybe in the future. Anyway, I put an edited version of that live stream online because the unedited unedited version was much longer and meandering and had uh, some off-topic diatribe so for now while i'm still attempting to gather my speaking skills back together from the dust and the void so that i can be an intelligible human again for now i'll probably continue editing those but hey that's better that's better for me less pressure anyway we're here we're back how's everybody doing on this wonderful sunday evening the evening that we always meet every week um Let's get right down to it. Tonight, we're going to be talking about nouns. And I see that some of you seem to think that this is fucking funny. I don't know what's so fucking funny about nouns, but in my opinion, there's absolutely nothing about nouns. (laughs) Absolutely nothing funny about nouns. And actually, I think I should start with a disclaimer and a statement of qualifications. You know, we live in an area area we live in an era of extreme misinformation probably now more than ever which is just creating this mass scale cognitive dissonance that we are all experiencing can i get an amen we live in a time period where we have things happening like canadian psychologists going on television shows or podcast shows some of the most watched uh shows in the world or at least in the country probably both, talking about things like climate change, telling us how mRNA therapies work, things like this, uh, for no clear reason, and people just eat it up. Fuck, I just heard noise in my fucking line. There's something wrong with my microphone. I'm sorry. I think it's actually my interface. I'm sorry. But it's crazy how we live in a time where people who are absolutely not qualified to talk about things talk about them anyway and people eat it up by the millions like the fact that we have randos out here who are not biologists who know nothing about things like mrna i mean i don't even i couldn't tell you the i can't even tell you what mrna is people out here telling us how it works 
Also, we live in a time where people can Google things so quickly that even our peers, and I've called out people in the club for doing this, even our peers will like, like answer us with these weird scientific answers when we pose a question just to the air. And it's like, I know that you don't know this. I know you're not speaking from memory. I know that you Googled it and you're literally giving me a paraphrase of the first result from Google. If I wanted to Google it myself, I would. Okay, first of all, people just be out here Googling and giving each other answers. And we almost feel as if we ourselves, I think, are experts on things that we're not just because we have a world of information at our fingertips available at all times. It's creating a lot of weird cognitive dissonance, false confidence in ourselves and others. Also, a general mistrust alongside this false confidence, I feel, where... We're all anxious and neurotic. Nothing is as it seems. Nothing is verifiable. We don't even trust the institutions of science anymore. It's scary out here, okay? Regardless, as an artiste, and an artiste who has received accolades for my words more than anything else that I've created, I think that I am in fact qualified to talk about tonight's topic, which is nouns. And I think beyond this, all of us English speakers gathered here together to talk and think together in English are, dare I say, experts in the English language. It's simply the facts. I don't need to be a grammar professor. I don't need to be a literature professor to tell you what the fuck nouns are. And to tell you my observations about nouns, and this is why we're here. We're gathered here to talk about nouns. And it's not funny. It's very important that we talk about nouns because something that we've talked about before. And by the way, I'm purposefully not looking at the chat for a second, but I'm going to look, okay? Whenever I look, I get, like, sidetracked because you guys are funny and you're saying dumb shit in there. The reason that it's important to talk about nouns I've just alluded to. We know that all of human reality, everything I experience every day, is ultimately experienced through language. My inner world, the entirety of it, is essentially constructed with language yes i experience all types of thoughts that are not necessarily articulated with language and all of these things but language is the thing that i ultimately use to create interpretations of all of the sense data i gather in this world that i experience day in and day out i use language as the glue in a sense to hold my experience together and to describe my experience. Can I get an amen? We all do. What are we doing right now if not talking and conversing in language? And our entire human civilization, which is the thing that we talked about last week, is founded also on language. And this is such an undervalued truth and something that is so severely under-talked about, in my opinion, the fact that we literally, <laughs> literally 
would not have a human civilization or the human civilization that we have currently without language. Without language, there would be no agriculture. Without language, there would be no war. There would be no government. All of these things are created at baseline with language. The reason being, of course, is that without language, we can't communicate any of these concepts to other people. I can invent the wheel, but I need language to explain to my human peers what the use of the wheel is. I need language to verbally document how to make a wheel, how a wheel works, what uses the wheel has, how to plant seeds, how to make crops, how to milk a cow, how to have sex. I don't fucking know. I need verbal language to create a document and leave a history to pass on to f further generations and also to tell existing peoples, communicate to them how things work, ideas I have. Without language, we would not be able to build any of what we have built. And so it's so peculiar, isn't it, that despite this, we are never interrogating language. We take it for granted. But my external world and my inner world are constructed with it. So what the fuck? We need to talk about it. Let me look at the chat for a second. See what you motherfuckers are talking about. Go off. I got a PhD in Googleology. Hey. <laughs> okay, great. Hi guys, let's fucking talk about it. And how could we talk about it without language? Let's fucking go. So the reason that I want to talk about nouns in particular is because nouns are the thing that I feel are especially, especially treacherous. And we keep running into the same problem with nouns. And this is something that we have talked about many times in our club discord. And also, I think many times on this talk about it series. So I want to officially make the nouns upload because we need a point of reference if we ever want to come back and improve on any sort of arguments we build together here with our language, we need to at least document our progress, right? Isn't that kind of crazy? That's how language works, holy shit. We're doing the thing I was just talking about. We're creating a record, a historical record, so that if we want to build on this idea with our language, we can come back and listen to this discussion made with language and improve on it with language. So since we know that language is the thing that we create our inner world with, i.e. I think in language, it stands to reason that the very format of language and how it works essentially also influences my psychological reality in ways that many of us don't necessarily always think about actively. I will give, well, actually, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Let's start, first of all, I'm sorry, I can't believe I forgot. Let's start with consulting our good friend, Merriam-Webster, who is, in fact, the keeper of language. Merriam, what are nouns?
noun. 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 Any member of a class of words that typically can be combined with determiners to serve as the subject of a verb, can be interpreted as singular or plural, can be replaced with a pronoun, and refer to an entity, quality, state, action, or concept. One more time, I won't read the full thing, but what Miriam has just told us is that a noun is any member of a class of words that typically can be combined with determiners. Now what, pray tell, is a determiner, Miriam? Determiner. 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 Definition of determiner. One that determines. No shit. A word such as an article, possessive, demonstrative, or quantifier that makes specific the denotation of a noun phrase. So nouns, according to Merriam-Webster, is any member of a class of words that typically can be combined with determiners. Okay? I'll give an example. Let's give an example. An example of a noun could be a Christian. What is a Christian? A Christian is a noun that describes Christian people, i.e. people that practice the religion we call Christianity. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Another one would be a Muslim. A Muslim is a person that practices the religion of Islam. So when we call people Christians or call people Muslims, we're not just calling them... Sorry, I looked at the chat. It's so distracting. When we call people many nouns, we are not simply just calling them... That's a bad sentence. Forget this. What I'm trying to say is many nouns have essentializing properties just by virtue of how nouns work. And we know that this can become inflammatory and oftentimes people will have a problem with the way we decide to talk about people using these sorts of nouns. When people call other people, hmm, no, that's not a good example. Let me give another example. Let's start to get to the point, okay? The word woman. The word woman means, to most people, a female human, right? The word man means a male human. When we make this word woman or this word man, we are essentializing the property of this person's reproductive sex as being important enough to create a noun. 
And of course, this can have all types of applications, especially in the medical and the biological sciences, right? However, when we enter broader society, and we see that people are constantly using these words to describe people, even in situations where their reproductive sex seems irrelevant, one has to wonder, why are we doing this? And we become so accustomed to it that at a certain point, it doesn't even phase us as odd anymore. The fact that people constantly refer to me as a woman in scenarios where me being a woman seems irrelevant, which is like 99% of scenarios, why is even my, why am I even referred to as a woman in the most general sense when the fact that I'm a female human typically has nothing to do with anything? Do you know what I mean? We seem to have separated all people into this classification system where we have seemingly decided in a way that feels very arbitrary that the most important thing about any person is their reproductive sex. That's why we're always calling it out, right? This person is a man and this person is a woman. When I say this, this sounds kind of ridiculous because most people would say, no, that's not the most important thing about any one individual. You would think it isn't, but then why are we constantly calling people men and calling people women even to just describe things like that woman is walking across the street? That woman is eating a cheeseburger. Why does it matter that the person eating a cheeseburger has a vagina? Why does it matter that the person crossing the street has a vagina? Does it matter? No. But when I'm constantly bringing it up, one begins to internalize the attitude that it does matter, that this difference is meaningful. And this inner world that we build with language becomes influenced by this distinction. If we are constantly categorizing people according to this one parameter, then we do internalize the affect, whether or not we think we do, we internalize the affect that this distinction is meaningful and that the difference between a man and a woman is very meaningful. Even if we can't tell you why, we feel as if it is because otherwise, why are we constantly dividing people into these two categories more than we divide them into anything else? We haven't decided that like, you know, uh, having blonde hair versus having brown hair is the most important thing. Otherwise, we would say the blonde is crossing the street and the brunette is eating the cheeseburger. Those blondes are crossing the street. If you started talking this way, people would be like, why does it, what? Why are you dividing old people into these categories of hair color? They would think that it's weird, right? But if you talk this way for all of if you talk this way your whole life ever since you were born you were taught to divide people into these categories a blonde hair and brown hair I don't think it would be odd at a certain point this is how you've internalized the world it wouldn't seem strange at all isn't it interesting that something that seems strange right now because we're not acclimated to it wouldn't be strange at all if we grew up talking this way and this is what I mean when I say that language and the way that it's structured is informing our internal reality.
Ugh. Sorry, pause. Verm says, I remember these conversations. Glad we're picking it back up again. <laughs> Verm says, blonde rights are human rights and all this. Yeah, see, it sounds so weird. It sounds so fucking weird. Lady Grinning Soul said, this is regarding what I was saying earlier. Lady Grinning Soul says, I feel like a wheel is relatively self-explanatory though. Gesturing slash pointing using nonverbal communication instead of language is usually sufficient for most shit. I don't know, Lady Grinning Soul. I think that you're kind of underestimating the complexity of a wheel. A wheel, yes, of course, is a very simple machine, but wheels require axles. A lot of people don't understand the concept of an axle and a wheel. Like, yes, you could show it to people, but what if you die, too? If you die and you haven't told anybody about the wheel, then where's your invention gonna go? How many inventions and inventive ideas have we been able to use from people who weren't even able to express the idea to anyone when they were alive? Like, verbal language written language is the thing that elevates us quote unquote from the realm of the other animals and this is the key difference between us and the other animals if a bird learns to talk all the other birds have to talk and you have to create some sort of bird language where you could write things down and communicate to bird offspring that this is how you do this and this is how you build the nest and this is how you survive this predator if they want to be able to build a bird culture and a bird civilization. You can't just have a bunch of birds pointing and saying this and this and this. At a certain point, this knowledge will die out. The same is true for us. But because we have a verbal language and a symbolic language, we can pass on information from generation to generation and build a civilization with this. You know what I'm saying? And it becomes infinitely more complex the longer we go with it. So, the reason I wanted to talk about nouns, and I want to make this short, by the way. I feel like last week's upload was too long. They don't all have to be this long. Who the fuck am I? Just a dumb bitch from New Jersey rambling about nouns. It's so stupid. The reason I wanted to talk about nouns, though, is because last week in re-listening to the civilization upload and thinking about this question about whether or not we can love ourselves as humans for what we are instead of what we do i was thinking that this all comes back again to this question of nouns this question of essentializing properties when we say humanity, and this is what we talked about last week, when a lot of us use the words mankind and humanity, what we think about, whether or not this is the true definition, what many of us think about is not actually humans, the physiological race of beings that we are with two eyes that walk on two legs, we have ten fingers, we have ten toes, we have hair on our head and less hair on the rest of our body. This is what we are, but is this what we really think about when we talk about humanity? When we talk about humans and humankind, we often think about our human achievements. And many people actually will go so far as to say what makes us human is the fact that we build beyond ourselves. 
And this, I think, could represent something that is harmful. Because if you're anything like me, you may have fallen into a deep depression when you realize that I don't actually think I align with the goals of what humans have built. I don't think I like what humans have built. Yes, there's all types of good things about what we've built, but overall, I'm starting to feel very paranoid about and sad about much of what we have done with this thing we call human civilization. I would not be upset if we started over. So I don't want to define myself by what humans have done. I don't want human to be a sort of essentializing noun, like these other words, man and woman, where we make humans and the definition of what we are not about what we truly are, but about what we do. I want to create a self-determining definition for myself where humans can be just us. Just people, bro. (laughs) Can we do that? I don't know. I feel as if whatever the definition of humans is, like I just stated, it feels as if we are defined ultimately by what we do. And I forget if I finished this thought just a moment ago. Many people will go so far as to say that we are what we do. I've seen people make all sorts of claims like, (sighs) I don't even know what they're talking about, some dumb spiritual shit or really grandiose bullshit about humans creating and constructing and analyzing and having what people call heightened consciousness and saying, and that's what makes us human, man. How many times do you hear people say this about all types of things? That's what makes us human. But every time I hear anyone say this, that's what makes us human, it's always some dumb bullshit that I don't feel makes me a human. What truly makes me a human? What truly makes me a human, I think, is my human physiology. And this is something that we downgrade. And that we take for granted, just as we take language for granted. I don't feel as if my human physiology is so unremarkable that it should be downplayed. Why can't I see myself, first and foremost, as a biological being with a very specific physiology? And this specific physiology is actually what has given me my human experience of the world. And this is something also undervalued. And this is something the phenomenologists, in particular, Hegel, Husserl, maybe Heidegger, I don't know enough about him, Merleau-Ponty for sure, who we just read in the club, believe very much that all human consciousness and perception should be understood as, at baseline, a physical phenomena rooted in a physical experience. An ant can never have human consciousness because it's not... The reason an ant can never have human consciousness is not because the ant is base and the ant is stupid and the ant is an undeveloped, unevolved version of humans. No, the reason is because the ant is something entirely different from us. We've come to conceptualize all other animals and beings as being unevolved, underdeveloped versions of us, which is so wrong it's so stupid it's irrational the real rational explanation for why a cat 
can never think the way a human thinks is because a cat brain is not a human brain. I can never think the way a cat thinks either. To the cat, maybe I'm an unevolved cat. It doesn't fucking matter. I will never be able to think as the cat thinks. The cat will never be able to think as I think because thinking is, at baseline, a material reality. It is not something that exists in the ether. Despite whatever quantum properties may be uh, at play or whatever the hell is going on in the, uh, in the more immaterial realm, at baseline, these are all things rooted in a physical material reality. And this is what human consciousness comes from. The platform for all human thinking is my human brain, my human physiology, my human experience of my human senses, my human smelling, my human hearing. My human emotions, my human eyes, if I could see infinitely more colors, the world as we know it and civilization as we know it would not look anything literally like what we have built. If we had 20 fingers instead of 10, human civilization would probably look drastically different. Look at all the furniture around you. It's all catered around human needs. Everything we've built, every word that we've created, is created on a platform of physical human experience. Not to name drop and get too deep into whatever, because it doesn't matter at all. But Hegel talked about this, and we talked about this after we read Hegel. Every word that we create comes out of this, the word white. What would white be to an ant? An ant would create a different word. But to humans, we have a need and a utility for the word white because we experience something that looks like white. The experience of hard, the experience of soft, the experience of anything. Every word coming out of my mouth is a word that represents some sort of physical sensorial, in a sense. Don't believe me? I'll prove it. Come into the Discord. We'll fight about it. Anyway. <clears throat> so, this is important too, I think, because, <sighs> let's wrap it up here, because also, well, first of all, if we're trying to find a way to exist that isn't completely depressing, because, I don't know about you all, but I can't go on being depressed about the fucking state of everything. I can't go on living this Ted-pilled, black-pilled life. It's simply unsustainable. And I know that I won't continue going on this way because I feel within myself a struggle. A struggle to think my way out of this mess, this depressive mess that I thought myself into. If I could think my way into dissatisfaction, I can think my way out. So I'm trying to start from the basics and find a way to think myself out of this mess I've made. And I think, I think that I have identified the problem. And the problem is the problem I enumerated last week. That I can't love myself for as long as I don't love what humans have done. I have defined humans in my mind as a group of people that do things. And I love humans because I love the things we do. But now that I no longer necessarily love the things humans do, I'm depressed. How can I save myself? I have to find a way to love humans separate from the things we do. So this is why 
we have returned to nouns, one of the building blocks of language and one of the most troubling, in my opinion, facets of the English language, something that I think we must investigate crucially because we can see problems with nouns everywhere and how we choose to use them. And I think that the man and the fe- the man and the woman example are probably the best example I have. Literally the fact that we have divided all of human perception and our entire inner worlds into these arbitrary categories like man and woman. Think about what that does to someone's inner psychology where we have made important differences out of something so arbitrary. I find this problem with nouns all the time. And I think that perhaps the key to thinking my way out of this mess lies also in thinking about the noun, human. What do y'all think? I'm going to look at the chat. Damn, where'd you go? Verm says, what is us, quote-unquote, asking this seriously? Hmm. What do y'all think? What is us? I would say us is me and also people that aren't me. So me and you could be us. Me and you and you and you could also be us. Me plus anyone that isn't me, I would say, is us. That's my definition. What's yours? Verm also says, I kind of feel like we moralize our perspective a lot. Why does a mouse have to have a lesser existence than a human? Exactly, Verm. And this again, I think, it's a problem of thinking, but it's also a problem of language. We have organized so much human language into into we have just created so many pitfalls for ourselves i think i mean one would be one would be the fact that intelligence the word intelligence when you really think about it doesn't actually mean something neutral it means human intelligence and this is why we say the other animals lack it because the other animals do lack intelligence when our definition of intelligence is human intelligence. If we truly came up with some word uh, describing intelligence that wasn't about our own intelligence, then it wouldn't make sense to say the other animals lack intelligence and we possess it. But we go about using this word intelligence as if it's neutral, as if it applies to all beings and Different beings vary in their intelligence, and it's just a coincidence, of course, that we happen to be the most intelligent. But our literal definition of intelligence is human intelligence, so of course the other animals have less of it. If the definition of intelligence was actually cat intelligence, then every animal that's not a cat would have less intelligence too. Yet these things remain unspoken. We don't talk about intelligence as if the definition is human intelligence, even though that is what it is. And so it creates confusion and it reinforces an irrational worldview where we talk about intelligence as being a neutral thing all beings possess, but we just happen to possess more of it. It's a farce. A lot of what we have built with our human language in our inner world is a fucking illusion. It's not real. It feels real because... 
It's how we describe our real experience of the world, but our descriptions are reinforcing falsehoods in ways that are truly treacherous, I think. And become a web. I am caught in a web of lies. Whew. Verm, I almost want to say we're a symbiotic species and that our identity, I hate that word in concept, says Verm, is derived from others. I make no sense without you. That's so true, Verm. And this is dialectics, right? This is Hegel, who says that there is no me without you. What is the definition of me if not everything that is not, <laughs> not me? What is any object if not, <laughs> oh God, this is hard. If not anything that is not, not that object. There can't be a me unless there's an everything that is not me. It sounds complicated, but it's actually not complicated at all. You are everything that is not, not you. You begin where everything that is not you ends. That's it. There's no such thing as a you in a vacuum. You only exist because things that are not you also exist. If those things didn't exist, there would be no reason to say that you exist. You would be everything, but you are everything that is not not you. God damn. All right, so this was great. It's been 38 minutes. Again, I'm trying to make these shorter. Let's transition into a nice little meditation. Everybody, please lean back, close your eyes, and touch your penis. Who are you?
look, I just made that up, but I think that that is true. We are not what we do because you can't do anything if you don't exist. We can only, Zensei, don't shit on my party. We are not what we do because you can't do if you don't are, okay? Without existing, I can't do anything. Zensei says, sounds like unconditional love. I would disagree. First of all, I don't know what unconditional love means, to be completely honest. Second of all, I think that it's completely possible to build a respect and an admiration for ourselves that is not founded on and intrinsically linked to our human accomplishments and our human civilization. In fact, I think the problem I'm describing is not even universal. I think that there's lots of people who have already found some sense of pride and satisfaction with just being able to exist as a human being in the world. My personal struggle, Mein Kampf, has been that my love for myself is founded on my love for other people and society at large. I have always had a deep admiration for human society and civilization, and a lot of people can't even relate to this. But for myself, the fact that I see humanity in my inner world as not just describing humans as physiological beings, but seeing us for the totality of what we do and what we built, the fact that I love what we built more than I love us ourselves, has trapped me. And now that I realize I don't necessarily feel fondly for all we built, I feel less fondly for us. But even just talking it out, I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel because even when I previously loved what we did, all that we've done could only be done by us. So we are still remarkable. God damn it. Oh, I'm the think is pain emoji. I'm starting to see a light just by talking it out. Like I said, I thought myself into this mess and I will think myself out. Because the fact that I'm struggling, the fact that I feel as if there are demons in my stomach fighting to free me from the black pill, I think points to the fact that my struggle is inevitable. And I will be successful, obviously. If I can't stop struggling, it's only rational that I'm working towards something and through something, and I will be victorious. Nouns, we're coming for you, okay? Please think about this as we continue. And actually, what I would like, let's give you all an assignment for next week because assignments are fun. My assignment for this week for all of you is to think of another noun where you feel as if this is a problem or a set of nouns where you feel as if <laughs> give me a set of nouns come back next week I want to hear or leave a comment depending on if you're listening to this later leave me what you think 
nouns are that are similarly treacherous that we use in ways that lead us into mental pitfalls. Okay? That's your homework assignment. You better bring me those fucking nouns. And also, perhaps, think about whether or not you think we should divorce this idea of essentializing nouns using determinants if we should ban this practice altogether. Perhaps we should never be able to create a noun where there's a qualifier inherent to the definition. A word like man or a word like woman, for example, if we decided that we no longer agree with this practice of creating nouns out of qualifiers and other nouns, then the word man, which is supposed to mean male human, and the word woman, which is supposed to mean female human, would not be allowed or possible, period. Would this be a possible solution? Can you think of any word where this would become impossible to do? Should we avoid any noun that has an adjective or a determinant built into it, period? Why or why not? Give me your answers. <laughs> Give me your answers. Mind Ranger says, enhancing E prime, no nouns. Exactly, exactly. I won't, I won't get into E prime again, maybe next week, because I think next week I'd like to talk more about this topic. I was going to make the, the title of this, Nouns and Being Human, but I decided instead not to bite off more than I can chew and instead focus on nouns. And we have looked a little into the future of thinking about being human I think that perhaps next week we will talk more about being human and perhaps about E-Prime. So get your nouns. Let's fucking go. We are going to solve this problem. I'm going to think myself into a beautiful, bright reality. And I'm going to be happy and joyous the rest of my fucking days. Are you fucking ready? Let's go. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Please give it a thumbs up. These are going back on Spotify and YouTube and all that shit. So make sure you go subscribe to that and like it there and do this and do that. I don't give a fuck. Love you all. Stay safe. Meet me in the Discord for further discourse. And until next week, stay trippy. Good night.